You're listening to According to Sam, episode 154. Get this party started. I have got a great show for you guys today. I have so much to cover. Um, I mean, I'm not going to be able to get to everything. This is one of those shows where I could do a two, three-hour show um, because I have so much. But uh, what I do get to is going to be good. So hold tight and uh, let's get right into it. Now, the first thing I want to do in this podcast is talk about the medium of television. And um, somebody, if it hasn't been done yet, somebody needs to write a book about each of the inventions in media, starting with the printing press in the 15th century, and um, go all the way, you know, down the line and show the effects of those mediums and what they had on the society where these mediums um, were first invented. And then as these mediums were taken around the world and used um, the printing press being first in the 15th century. Um, invented by Gutenberg in Germany during the Protestant Revolution. Um, you know, before the printing press, um, it was very expensive to mass produce books, um, you know, even flyers, leaflets, and, and pass them out. There was, there was nothing like that before the printing press. Everything was word of mouth. Even the 95 theses that, um, that Martin Luther nailed on uh, the church there in, in Wittenberg um, that started the Protestant Revo- Revolution, that's how you basically did things. That was your mass uh, medium before the printing press. Uh, if you would just uh, write down something and go and nail it um, on a... Um, place that everybody knew that this is where you go to uh, put up your um, post and and where you would go to read them. So um, that's what Martin Luther did and why he went to the church there in Wittenberg and, and nailed his theses. Um, but the printing press is what allowed these ideas to flourish and the impact um, cannot be understated. Um, in the um, transformation of Europe, quite frankly, the entire transformation of Europe. And then you go from the printing press to the uh, next big mass uh, medium, the radio, um, Marconi, and there was another guy who basically gave us the technology that created the radio. And the effects on the society in the 19th century um, because of the invention of the radio could not be understated. And then you also look at the time in between these, uh, the advancements of these mediums um, from um, the um, Gutenberg printing press to the, the radio is 400 years over 400 years. But from the radio to the television um, is really only a few decades, maybe a a little bit over a century. And then from the television to the Internet is certainly just a few decades. And then from the Internet to the social media that we are experiencing today is only a few decades. So you see uh, the um, as you go from medium to medium, it's is not as much time um, is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, so I want to talk about the medium of television because the medium of television 
is it was a powerful medium. Now the printing press, when uh, books and 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 printing um, started to uh, be prevalent, you had to be literate. You had to you know um, be able to read what was in these books and what was on these pamphlets um, in these newspapers. If you couldn't read, then this medium is useless to you. So um, you you didn't really have to uh, be literate when the radio came about to listen to the radio um, and um, the have the radio have power over you. One of the greatest examples of the power of radio is, of course, um, the War of the Worlds um, broadcast that was uh, done with Orson Welles, and um, they had all of these sounds, and it was theater of the mind, and they uh, made you believe through the medium of radio that Martians were coming and invading the uh, the United States or, or the earth. People believed it. Um, that's, that was the power of the radio. Um, and you didn't really have to be literate to listen, to understand all you, I mean, if you could speak the language, the radio had an effect on you. Unlike books and the, you know, printing, the effects of the printing press is what I'm trying to say. But then television comes along and, Television, you don't have to be literate or intelligent um, at all for television to have an effect on you. The television programming <laughs> um, has been very, very powerful because uh, the television, unlike the radio, it added the imagery. And the, the, imagery, the images can be very seductive and can be very powerful. Um, that's why I want to expand my uh, platform and take it to YouTube and, and Rumble because I want to show you guys in, um, images because I know how powerful images are. Um, and I want to make it clear that none of these mediums are good or bad in, in themselves. I think that each one of these mediums have been used for good and bad. Bad people can use the printing press and get bad results. Good people can use the printing press and get good results. Um, that's, you know, one of the most effective mediums right now is social media. And one of the most effective and uh, prominent uh, social media apps or platforms is TikTok right now. And there's this huge debate about TikTok. Take away the fact that it's owned by uh, China, and we can have a debate about uh, you know what that means. I, I guarantee you, the stuff that is on TikTok here in the United States is not being aired in China. <laughs> I know that, but that's the thing about TikTok. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff and very interesting and informative stuff on TikTok. There's a lot of nonsense too. <laughs> And the way the algorithm sets is set up, if you if you watch a lot of nonsense on TikTok, it's going to feed you more nonsense. Um, but the medium in itself, I don't necessarily believe that it's good or bad. Uh, people who are good can use uh, TikTok for good, and people who are uh, you know not necessarily bad, but just um, vacuous or whatever you want to call these people, they can also use TikTok too. So the medium of television too, I don't think that the medium of television is bad. Um, but when it first came out, there was a lot of uh, negative reaction uh, from the television because people saw it as a way to bring, um, bring, worldviews into people's living rooms, into their homes that were um, antithetical to the worldviews that they had. And that's exactly what television um, does. And so where am I going with this? Um, we have a generation, the boomers, <laughs> who grew up in the 
television era. And you can look at each one of these developments of each one of these mediums. There was a generation that, that, that happened at the same time that these mediums were developing. And for the medium of television, that generation was the baby boomer generation. The television first came out in the 1950s, black and white. Um, you didn't really have television in every home the way you do now until, you know, the late 60s, early 70s. Um, and the baby boom generation is the generation that really grew up with television. They trust television more than anyone. And you look at that generation today. Um, so a large part of it is when they were growing up with television, they were growing up, let's just talk about news. We don't even have to talk about uh, some of the programming. Uh, although uh, when I was thinking about this a podcast. I was thinking about programs in the 1970s, like All in the Family, and people talk about the the sociological effect that a program like All in the Family had with uh, its programming in the 1970s, uh, addressing very controversial issues about race, about the Vietnam War, which was happening at that time, uh, about homosexuality. You can find all of that in the uh, Norman Lear uh, show, All in the Family in the 1970s. And I was thinking about this when I was thinking about this, you know, program uh, is that you think about the character Michael in All in the Family, Meathead. And I wonder what Meathead, who was this idealistic hippie um, in the 1970s, who was protesting Vietnam, um, who was... Uh, standing up for um, for abolishing uh, racial segregation and you know standing up for the civil rights movement at that time, I think of someone like Meathead and Michael, and I wonder what that person would think of the actor that played Meathead, Rob Reiner. What would Meathead think of this guy who? is basically a shield uh, for the democratic establishment now and, uh, you know, rooting for war in Ukraine. And I mean, they're, they're two different people. So what, what has happened is basically what I'm asking is this generation of hippies in the 1970s um, has that grew up in the era of television now that they're older, they're um, in their late 70s at least, in, in their 80s, um, retired. A lot of them um, have money because they grew up, um, uh, along with television, they grew up in the greatest economic boom of any country ever. So um, they have means, they're retired, they're at the end of their life, and what do they do all day? They do one of two things. Sit around watching Fox News all day if you're on the conservative side of uh, the baby boom generation who grew up with the television. They sit around watching Fox News all day, or if they're on the left, they sit around watching MSNBC all day, and everybody knows this. I went home for the holidays. You know, um, my mom doesn't watch tv a lot because she's super busy she likes to uh move around and she's always doing stuff but her husband <laughs> watches msnbc a lot all day i have friends of mine whose uh parents watch msnbc all day i have friends of mine whose parents watch um uh, fox news all day those are the two um information silos in this country Fox News and MSNBC and there's other news outlets that um, that are kind of 
on the outskirts of those two major TV, cable TV uh, news networks. But you have like your um, shows and networks like uh, Newsmax and there's other uh, competitors to, to Fox News on the right. But honestly, Rupert Murdoch owns everything. <laughs> he owns the Wall Street Journal. He owns the New York Post. He owns um, Fox News. Uh, 20th Century Fox. It's all under News Corp. I've done the podcast. I told you it's the big five. Five corporations own all of the media in this country. Um, Comcast owns MSNBC. Um, but, and there are some other competitors to MSNBC on the left, but, uh, MSNBC really drives the, the narrative. Um, on the left and, um, you have CNN, you have, um, other cable news networks and, and the narrative that's going on on NBC on MSNBC is also going on on NBC. It's going on on ABC news. It's going on on CBS news. Um, th- those are not cable news networks, but they're all, they'll all tell the same story. ABC's course is, uh, ABC Disney, um, NBC Comcast, CBS is, uh, formerly Viacom. Now it's National Amusements. And then you have News Corp. News Corp basically controls everything on the right, but you have, you know, News Corp. And then you have the, uh, podcasters and, and many people who are on YouTube and, um, and Rumble who compete with Fox. Um, but, I mean, when you're talking about a big cable news network, Fox is the giant. So that's on the right silo. MSNBC is on the left uh, silo. And these boomers sit around watching this stuff all day long because they grew up in the television generation. They trust the television. But not only that, they grew up in an era of television where um, they had giants that really were committed to journalism and people who you could trust. And I don't need to say the names like uh, Ed Merle, um, um, you know, uh, Walter Cronkite. Um, I mean, I can just I can just go down the list of the names that these people who grew up in the era of television, when television was just coming about, when they had people who they could trust who were beamed into their living rooms on a nightly basis. They grew up in that era, so they trust the television. So now they've kind of settled in. And now these, now another thing that's different is that you didn't have the 1996 Telecommunications Act back in the 1960s and 70s when they grew up with this new medium. Um, now you have the, uh, after the, the 1996 telecommunication acts that that's what facilitated all of this cross ownership, um, that made the situation as it is that five corporations own all of our media. Um, so they didn't have that back then. Um, you have that now. And, um, I was also thinking about the fact that, that if we really want to, to to get this country back in order and in shape, we have to break up these. I mean, just like we did with uh, Alexander uh, Bell, just like we did with Edison, just like we did with Standard Oil. We need to break up these media companies. But uh, that's aside. Um, let's get to the first clip because the first clip that I want to play, I want to play this clip that talks about this lawsuit that is going on with Fox News um, and Dominion. And if you remember, Dominion was the um, the voting machine company that was accused of rigging the election in 2020. They're suing Fox News now, and they released uh, some of the depositions that they took. I mean, why they release this uh, information from this def- depositions, um, uh, it makes you wonder 
But now when you see the way that it's being used for propaganda uh, by MSNBC and then all of their other uh, affiliates that, you know, defaming Fox News, that Fox News is lying to the public and Fox News knows that they're lying. Um, it, it makes you wonder why Dominion released these, uh, this testimony from uh, these depositions. But take a listen to this clip and uh, sit tight. I have a lot to share with you. Now an update on a story we reported this past October on Dominion Voting Systems' defamation lawsuit against Fox News. It accuses Fox News and some of its hosts of knowingly and repeatedly broadcasting false allegations by Trump campaign lawyers and supporters, among them that Dominion rigged its vote-counting machines to switch Trump votes to Joe Biden. Dominion CEO John Poulos told us it was no accidental error by Fox. It was a very clear calculation that they knew there were lies and they were repeating them and endorsing them. Fox chairman Rupert Murdoch acknowledged as much in a deposition released this past week. That follows text and emails showing some hosts themselves didn't believe the allegations they were repeating. So I think that um, that they didn't release these this testimony from these depositions, that this was part of the filing. Um, regardless, it's been used um, for propaganda. And it's been used to paint Fox as this disinformation silo um, saying, if you just heard uh, the report there from Anderson Cooper saying that the hosts, they knew that they were lying about the Dominion system. And so the, the narrative that they're saying is that the hosts knew that they were lying about the election being stolen. And they're using some of this testimony to say that, look, uh, let's take Tucker's, Tucker Carlson um, as an example. They seize on this piece of testimony where he criticizes Sidney Powell and her um, claims that the Dominion systems were being rigged to rig the election. And they're saying because Tucker Carlson didn't agree with Sidney Powell and um, he says this in the deposition that he knew that he was lying when he said the election was rigged. Um, Tucker Carlson says that the election was rigged, but he says that the election was rigged because of other reasons outside of the Dominion voting systems. He says that he doesn't trust Sidney Powell and that the, the he doesn't trust the narrative that she was pitching about the Dominion voting system. But that doesn't mean that Tucker Carlson believes that the 2020 election was fair and square. He believes that that it was rigged, but it was rigged by other means outside of the Dominion voting system. And this is kind of the con that they are pulling on people. And again, these two silos that are that are fighting for the boomers, <laughs> um, the MSNBC silo and the Fox silo and the the left uh, MSNBC, along with CNN and all those others that uh, that I grouped in that group, they are using this to attack the Fox uh, silo. And um, over the past two Bill Maher episodes over the past three weeks. Um, I think that two weeks ago, Bill Maher was off, but the week before uh, that, he had um, Ari Melbourne, um, the Jewish lawyer that plays, that quotes the uh, Jay-Z lyrics in the middle of his um, news broadcast, had that guy on um, two, three weeks ago. He was off uh, two weeks ago, and then last week, he had another uh, MSNBC contributor on, um, um, what's his name, John Haldeman. And um, they, in both of those uh, broadcasts, three weeks ago and last week, um, with these MSNBC hosts, uh, Bill Maher gets into this topic about this Dominion voting system and, and these lawsuits that Dominion have with Fox and these depositions that are coming out proving that Fox is lying. And in both cases, because he's got uh, MSNBC 
um, you know, personalities on his show. He takes them to the ringer too. And the BS and disinformation on their side of the aisle in their silo. And this is some good stuff. Let's start three weeks ago with Ari and uh, what went on on the Bill Maher show three weeks ago. Take a listen. Two media pros here. So let's talk about the big news, media news story, Fox News. Uh, we can talk about them, can't we? Um, this I thought was pretty interesting. And if you haven't been following this, Dominion, those are the people who count the votes, right? Okay, so Fox News, when Trump was ranting about how he lost the election, accused uh, Dominion of rigging the vote. So they sued Fox News, which they should. And it's in court. So when you're in court, then you get to see things. So now we saw the texts from different Fox News correspondents to each other. And, I mean, among right. court, it, then um, you get to see things. So now we saw the were, texts. These are texts that were in the deposition. So uh, text messages and emails, um, correspondence. This was the big explosive news. It wasn't the actual testimony in the deposition. This was uh, text message and emails that were part of the de- deposition. So now we saw the texts from different Fox News correspondents to each other. And, I mean, among the stories about they knew it all along, but they still did it, this is what this was is right up there with cigarettes, <laughs> opioids, wars. They knew we couldn't win. Um, here's Tucker Carlson. He's writing. I, I don't know who he's texting to, but it's a tweet after. Uh, I mean, somebody tweeted from Fox News a fact check. Tucker's response was, please get her fired. Seriously, what the fuck? It needs to stop immediately like tonight. It's measurably hurting the company. The stock price is down. Smoking gun much? <laughs> so how do, how do they spin this, I guess is my question. How, how do they, uh, the Tuckers, uh, Tucker was on this, uh, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram. How, how, how do they spin this? <laughs> Ari, Ari just wants to be like, <laughs> let them bury themselves. I don't know what to say. Exactly. Ari, Ari wants to say, let them bury themselves. And they're the ones who are pushing the story on MSNBC because Ari works for MSNBC and he's in competition for the boomers with, with Fox News, which has a, a huge political implication as well because MSNBC works for the Democratic Party. Fox does not work for the Republican Party because the Republican Party has been taken over by the MAGA movement and Fox is not MAGA. So Fox is for the Republican Party as long as the Republican Party is not MAGA. Um, In this case, they were losing a lot of their viewers because in 2020, they were the first to call um, Arizona for um, for Joe Biden I pissed off a lot of Fox viewers. A lot of Fox viewers were leaving, were pissed off because Fox had called Arizona for Joe Biden. So they started pushing this narrative um, about the um, election being rigged and the Dominion voting machines and having these people on because they were competing again with these outlets like Newsmax. Um, I forget the other one um, that's on YouTube uh, predominantly, um, but also um, on uh, on networks. I mean, you could get them on your on your TV as well. Um, they were. They were pushing these narratives and Fox had to compete with Newsmax. And I forget this other, what's the other network that I'm thinking of? Not Newsmax. It is, um, is anyway, I can't think of it, but they were having a lot of, uh, people, um, having Sidney Powell and a lot of people on these other more fringe right wing, um, networks and Fox had to compete for those guys after they had pissed off a lot of people because they had called Arizona. So they started pushing it as well. It doesn't have anything to do with Fox being MAGA and Fox supporting the MAGA movement within the Republican party. Fox does not 
support the MAGA movement within the Republican Party. Um, Rupert Murdoch's sons are the ones who um, are in control of this company, uh, not Rupert Murdoch. And Rupert Murdoch's sons are leftists, okay? So they're certainly not uh, part of the MAGA movement in pushing MAGA propaganda. They were after the 2020 election at this time that this that this lawsuit is focusing on because they had to, because they had lost um, a lot of viewers because they had called Arizona for Joe Biden and people were pissed off. But that doesn't mean, I mean, it was about the money at that point. Um, that doesn't mean that they are MAGA. They, they, what I'm trying to say is that MSNBC is a tool of the Democratic Party, but Fox News certainly is not a tool of the MAGA movement within the Republican Party at all. Um, and there is, um, I'll, I'll talk more about it, um, towards the end of the podcast, but there's this, this huge, uh, conflict that Fox News is in right now. Uh, a lot of it has to do with this lawsuit, which is over a billion dollar lawsuit. Um, a lot of it has to do with, uh, the trust of, uh, its viewers and um, there's a lot going on with Fox. But let's get back to this clip. I should disclose my husband is a lawyer involved in the case. Oh. But uh, look, this gets to something that we don't like to talk about in the media. These media organizations are private corporations. Their business model uh, for a lot of them has changed a lot in the digital era so that, yeah, they're very concerned about, for instance, their subscribers in a way that it used to be about uh, ad revenue, for instance. And we've seen that shift away from ad revenue where you're trying to get, you know, I don't know, GM to have their car on your show to now it's all about the individual subscribers. And that's why you see this fracturing of news organizations catering to ideological niches within the ecosystem. I don't think it's been very good. I'll say respectfully, that's like a structural analysis of stuff in media. But I think this story is about the people at Fox lying. They know they're lying. They're busted only because they got dragged into court, as you said, Bill. And so it's actually really important because it shows that, yeah, the First Amendment should protect all kinds of ideas, opinions, everything. It doesn't protect a right to lie us into an insurrection. And that's what they're in trouble for. Yes, this is... This is a, this is a, let's not make false equivalencies. This is a level above. This now, is- you're going to hear that a lot about that. You're going to hear false equivalence. <laughs> let's not make false equivalence. And uh, that's what I really want to focus on is the, um, the equivalence of these. Now, um, this is three weeks ago. Um, in a minute, we're going to listen to last week where um, John Heilman was on the show, but Russell Brand was also on the show, and he challenges this idea of this false equivalence. But uh, you're going to hear that, that, you know, and Ari's going to defend his silo, his side of the um, the media narrative, MSNBC, and say, no, we're completely honest on M- MSNBC, not like those guys on Fox. And uh, Russell Brand totally destroys that same argument when John Howman tries to use it two weeks later. But listen more of this. Yes. Uh, this is... This is a... This is a... Let's not make false equivalencies. This is a level above. This is just different. I mean, this is... You're getting... Co- I mean, the tweet. I love it. He also gives the motive. The stock price is going down. And Sean Hannity, in a deposition, admitted he never believed any of Trump's lies for a second. So it's very different than just saying, oh, is this tailored or are you overly concerned about an audience, a live audience, an audience on television? No, they were in on it. And for everyone afterward who said, oh, well, Trump believes his lies. Oh, Tucker believes his lies. Not this one. But there are there's many ways to lie or maybe not lie, but leave an audience with a false impression. And part of it is to leave out information. It's so funny that Bill Maher says that because he's being and he and Ari both are being totally disingenuous, disingenuous when they're reporting what Tucker Carlson says in this in this text message, which was in the deposition, because Tucker Carlson is speaking specifically about Sidney Powell. And getting Sidney Powell off the air, and that Sidney Powell was hurting the uh, the stock price. 
Because Tucker Carlson says in, a, in another text message that I caught Sidney Powell in a lie. Sidney Powell is lying about Dominion. We don't, Sidney Powell shouldn't be here. But that doesn't mean that Tucker Carlson, just because he didn't believe the Dominion part of the story and the part about Sidney Powell, that doesn't mean that he doesn't believe the, the other narrative about, uh, ballot harvesting and, um, and the, um, um, what's the documentary that, that D- Dinesh D'Souza, the, the documentary about the mules and the ballot harvesting and all that. I know for a fact that Tucker Carlson agrees with that because he's had those people on his show talking about the ballot harvesting, talking about the, the tracking the, uh, the mules through their, uh, GPS coordinates. He's had the people on the show to talk about that. So just because he didn't, you know, agree with the, the narrative that Sidney Powell was was offering about Dominion doesn't mean that he didn't believe that the election was rigged by other means. And Bill Maher talking about leaving stuff out is a form of lying. He's doing that here. He's being very disingenuous because he's not telling you the context of these text messages. No one actually but did. But there are, there's many ways to lie or maybe not lie, but leave an audience with a false impression. And part of it is to leave out information. So I think what you're saying, and I would concur, and I think you said a minute ago pretty much the same thing, that the structural problem with media is that they tell the viewers what they want to hear. Because you guys are getting ratings, sometimes by the minute, and you don't want those people to turn the dial. And we live in a tribal time. People want to hear what they already believe. I could give you examples. Can you honestly say MSNBC doesn't do some of that? And for instance, with the Wait. report, oh, I'm just I'm going to help him out. You're going to help, help him out a little. Oh, wow. No, I'm going to hurt him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I, I worked at the Department of Justice when the Mueller investigation was going on. That was a chief part of my job. And there were news organizations, let's just say, that kept telling their viewers that Trump was about to get thrown in the gulag and was going to jail for the rest of his life when that was clearly not what was going on. Well, I like to have her go first. I never know what's going to happen. Uh, I covered that story. I love MSNBC. I love working there. I would defend our journalism, although, yes, you can find and we should be open to constructive criticism about any reporting. But if you want me to speak about my reporting, I mean, we know each other. Like, I never said Trump was about to be indicted. Quite the opposite. And we oh, do you want me to speak about my reporting? I, 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 I never said Trump was about to be indicted. No, Ari, we're talking about your silo. We're talking about MSNBC. You're going to tell me that that you don't that you only watch your show. You don't know what goes on on Rachel Maddow's show. You don't know what goes on on Lawrence O'Donnell's show and on uh, Joy Reid's show. Maybe maybe you didn't say Trump was about to be indicted, which I find hard to believe. I don't have time to go and look up the clips, um, but um, it was definitely. <laughs> During it's Mueller time that, ooh, Mueller's coming. Mueller's about to get Trump. Where did that idea come from if it wasn't coming from MSNBC and your silo, Ari? So to say, well, I wasn't. I never said that Trump's about. You guys are still saying that he's about to get indicted today on your network. Every day there's someone on your network saying Trump's about to be indicted. You've been saying it for six years. It's ridiculous. Fine, and we should be open to constructive criticism about any reporting. But if you want me to speak about my reporting, I mean, we know each other. Like, I never said Trump was about to be indicted. Quite the opposite. And we did a piece, for example, flagging that Mueller is very careful, and we showed all of his past congressional testimony, which is super boring, as a preview to but like <laughs> how the report was going to go and how his testimony was going to go. I do think the media has this responsibility, and it definitely sometimes falls down. So we all have to be open well, to that. I, I, I'm not sure that was the best example. Let me let me try another one, because I saw in the paper today kind of a big story, I think. I wonder how much it's going to get covered in the liberal media, because it's about how natural immunity, they did a giant study, 65 countries, or maybe something like 65 countries, many, many different studies. They looked at them all. Natural immunity, as good or better than the vaccine. Something I've been saying since the beginning, and I get called an anti-vaxxer. That's not a huge story. 
This was a, a huge story um, a couple of weeks ago that came out that said natural immunity was as good or better than the vaccine. That if you had gotten COVID and you uh, recovered from COVID nat- naturally, that your immunities were as good or better, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with they were probably better uh, than the the spike protein and the the mRNA vaccine. This is a huge study, and this is three weeks ago that, that we're listening to the Bill Maher show from three weeks ago, almost a month ago now. No, MSNBC didn't report on this. They haven't reported on this, and none of their affiliates, uh, CNN, MSNBC, I mean, um, NBC News, ABC News, CBS, none of them reported on it. Or they were, they would report on it, and they would hide the report. They, would, they wouldn't give it the same frequency, and frequency sells, they wouldn't give it the same frequency as they gave the reports um, about... Um, you know, vaccine people being hesitant about the vaccine and um, how many hospitalizations there were. You know, the reporting that gets the frequency, and when they want to give um, a certain storyline uh, uh, the coverage that that they want to drill it into uh, the boomers at home watching on TV. You know those stories. They so this story, even if you can find one or two reports on MSNBC where um, they did report on this, they hit the report, they did the report, but it didn't get the exposure and the frequency that other stories get if they reported on it at all. And I haven't seen it on any of their networks. But this is a huge story. But take a listen to what Bill Maher says next. They looked at them all. Natural immunity, as good or better than the vaccine. Something I've been saying since the beginning, and I get called an anti-vaxxer. That's not an anti-vaxxer. This is the kind of thing, I, you know, my problem with the media from both sides is not that you, you guys lie. It's that you tell me your side of the story that you want me to know. You don't tell me the whole story. I'd be curious as to how much play this story gets, because I, I, I remember reading that they did a study of Republicans versus Democrats, the question was, what percentage, this is like a year and a half ago, what percentage of people who get COVID require hospitalization? The answer is less than 1%. Almost half of Democrats thought it was over 50%. They listen to your network. Where do they get that kind of information? That was to you. That was clear. That's bad information they have in their head, and it's from one side. I'll tell you this. I think you make a really fair point that if the press is hunting a narrative instead of facts, then, as you say, you can pull even true things into that narrative. Uh, I'm still going to do that. Your network does it all the time, Ari. Your network does it all the time, hunts for a narrative. That's what you guys do on MSNBC. This is what I'm talking about, the false equivalence. Let's make this equivalence with Fox. Fox is trash. I'll go ahead and say it. Fox is absolute trash. Corporate news. I don't trust Fox any more than I trust MSNBC, CNN, or any of them. I I don't trust corporate media because they have corporate interests. I don't trust uh, Rupert Murdoch. I don't trust his sons. I don't trust Sean Hannity. I don't like most of those people on Fox. I can't stand Fox. I watch Tucker's show. I like Tucker. I, I think that Tucker is an outlier on Fox. I think that uh, that that there's a lot of pressure on the Murdochs to get rid of Tucker. But Tucker draws draws a lot of water. <laughs> Tucker draws a lot of water. And, and if they get rid of Tucker, Tuck's, Tucker's going to go right over to Rumble, and he's going to keep doing his show on Rumble, and he's going to draw water over there. So um, he's a phenomenon. But the rest of the Fox, um, I mean, yeah, I don't trust them. I don't trust MSNBC either. MSNBC does the same thing, and that's what Bill Maher is calling Ari out here about his network, saying that you guys do the same thing. Then he talks out of the side of his face by saying that, you know, um, it's a false equivalence. No, it's not a false equivalence. I mean, the same thing you're calling out a MSNBC on 
on uh, on their COVID coverage. Not only their COVID coverage. It's the way they covered the Mueller investigation. It's the way they covered impeachment. It's the way they covered Black Lives Matter. That's that silo. Let's listen to a little bit more of uh, Ari here, and then we'll uh, listen to last week when um, John Howland was on the show. I'll tell you this. I think you make a really fair point that if the press is hunting a narrative instead of facts, then... Right. As you say, you can pull even true things into that narrative. Uh, I'm still going to double down on defending. I think we do really good journalism. And we had people on my program on the beat, since we're talking about the media, where we brought on skeptics about all these issues. We brought on uh, someone from California, actually, who was in the height of COVID protesting the quarantine rules because they said it was creating more harm than good. That's a policy debate. And I think when anyone, including whatever media you're picking on or picking out, I mean, is you be the judge. Uh, but I mean, listen, I, it's so funny because they started the, the whole segment was about Fox. They started talking about Fox and, and Ari's here saying, y'all are picking on me. <laughs> I thought we were talking about Fox. So it's OK to pick on Fox, but not MSNBC. You know, I mean, I just don't understand these people. It's ridiculous. That's a policy debate. And I think when anyone, including whatever media you're picking on or picking out, I mean, is you be the judge. Uh, <laughs> But whenever any media is doing that in a way where it is treating legitimate debate, facts, policy as somehow this narrative hunting of saying the other side's evil or I heard sometimes or Russian or, or that they're Russians because they want to have a legitimate debate that happens on your network all the time, Ari, all the time. There's there's talking heads on your network that that called members of Congress Russians and that they uh, that they were doing the bidding of Putin just because they were trying to get at, I mean, any number of uh, stories of them uh, in- investigating and trying to get information about um, the um, spying that the FBI did on Trump or um, any number of 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 things that people on MSNBC demonize people for asking legitimate questions and wanting to have legitimate debates and they called them russians they do it to this day this happens on your network any media is doing that in a way where it is treating legitimate debate facts policy as somehow this narrative hunting of saying the other side's evil or i heard sometimes some liberals say oh the other side's clearly pro-covid I mean, I even don't... ukraine even ukraine i mean if if someone goes on M- on nbc and tries to have a different narrative about what's going on in Ukraine, MSNBC will demonize them and call them Russians. I mean, this is what you're talking about, Ari. Facts, policy, as somehow this narrative hunting of saying the other side's evil, or I heard sometimes some liberals say, oh, the other side's clearly pro-COVID. I don't think most sane people were, quote, pro-a virus. And so the policy debate about how to deal with it is legit. But this is the structural problem. It's back to catering to your audience. And then the next structural thing is what the First Amendment's going to do about that. Because we've already seen both sides, frankly, want to control what people can put on social media so that only their narrative can get through. And so what you end up with is media goes down a narrative path and then nobody's allowed to question that. And there's no outlet to do so. I, th- I feel it's going to be interesting to see how the two different media atmospheres um, silos, shall we say, are going to cover the derailment and the environmental disaster in East Palestine, Ohio. Because I feel... All right. I don't have time to listen to more of that. Let's listen to the appearance of John Heilman on the show last week with Russell Brand. And uh, we're going to pick up there. Fox is ghosting Donald Trump. They're not using that word. That's my word. But they were talking at shadow banning. Uh, they're not apparently putting him on anymore. This is a giant sea change in, I think, politics. Obviously, the media in this country rules politics. Uh, Rupert Murdoch was under oath this week in that defamation suit for the Dominion voting people. Under oath. He, t- he said he knew his hosts, his, the hosts of Fox News, were endorsing the fraudulent lie that Trump had won the election. He said... This is, quote, we would have liked us, to, I would have liked us to be stronger in, hi, in hindsight. He's 90. How, how long do you have to live before you, hindsight, if I was just a little older and more experienced, I would have seen this. 
but what do you think about this? To, to many people, uh, it has been evident for quite a long time that Fox News is not a news network in any meaningful sense. You don't have news networks where, uh, or uh, Sean, where you have like a network anchors who get to go and endorse candidates. Um, you can say what you want about MSNBC right. or CNN, but that's not allowed there. Sean Hannity is at, but they we, do. We, we go to we go we go to events. I mean, I've never. There's no news network, no anchor at CNN or MSNBC who's ever appeared on stage at a campaign not, rally not a, with a presidential camp candidate and endorsed them publicly. It's never happened. Okay. Wow. And, so so. MSNBC and CNN anchors don't endorse candidates is what John Howellman is trying to say. I mean, that's that's interesting. They don't endorse candidates on MSNBC and CNN. Wow. I guess people have already forgotten 2016. 2016, I mean, they're endorsing candidates last November. The hell is he talking about? I've never, there's no news network, no anchor at CNN or MSNBC who's ever appeared on stage at a campaign rally not, not a, with a presidential camp candidate and endorsed them publicly. It's never happened. Okay. But, so that, but we that, know who they're for. We, well, they, we know who they're for. biases Bill, not against right, the rules. Right. But a news network that has people who are passing, as Murak also admitted in that uh, deposition, that he would give the Trump campaign heads up on what the Biden ad strategy was and give them previews. He admitted himself to being uh, someone who was working hand in glove with the Trump administration rather than uh, ostensibly trying to run a news network. So a lot of people have said for a long time that Fox News isn't a real news network. It's a propaganda network. It's now all out there. It's all in the Dominion suit. They knew that uh, Donald Trump's claims of election fraud were bullshit. They knew that, the, that they were horrified by what happened on 1-6. We now know that all of the major anchors, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity, the ones who stood, stood up all day long and said, there's voter fraud, there's voter fraud, this was a fa- fraudulent election. At, in real time, we're saying, this is fucking bullshit, we shouldn't be saying this. It's amazing. And just, it's the most clear, open and shut case of just... The, the reality that a lot of people have seen for a long time being laid out in black and white on the page, and, and, the, and it has caused an enormous now, an enormous uh, existential crisis for Fox News, is which there, is why there, you there, see there, them there. saying, uh, we need to stay away from fucking Donald Trump now and go and run under the arms of Ron DeSantis, um, Meatball Ron. As, um, as Th- Trump there's calls. no equivalent of Fox News in, in the UK, is there? There's no requirement, Bill. There's no requirement for an equivalent. We have a monarchy still. I think... (laughs) Yes, you do. If I may say so. And you insist on living in your home country as opposed to a normal celebrity who would have moved here. I mean, even your Prince Harry and Princess Meghan have moved here. What is wrong with you? I will not be drawn on the subject of the division in the royal family out of respect for the late Queen. Now, I will say... I will say... John, I've not known you long, but mm. I love you already. But I have to say that it's, <laughs> it's disingenuous to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the biases exhibited on MSNBC. It's difficult to suggest that's, that's... that these corporations operate as anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard. And, and unless we start to embrace... And, and also, mate, like, just spiritually, if I may use that word in your great country, we have to take responsibility for our own perspective. I, I've been on that MSNBC, yeah, mate. It was right. propagandist nutcrackery. Yeah, absolutely. You know I, mean? yeah, I went on the show called Morning Joe. Yeah. It was absurd the way they carried Good on. Good morning, Joe. Yes. Yeah, it, I don't it. know what it was. It wasn't morning. There was no one called Joe there. No one could concentrate. They didn't understand the basic tenets of ju- journalism. No one was willing to stick up for genuine American heroes uh, like Edward Snowden. No one was willing to talk about Julian Assange and what he suffered trying to bring real journalism to the American people and I think to sit within the castle of MSNBC throwing rocks oh. at Fox News is ludicrous. My friends, make my MSNBC friend. better. My make friend. MSNBC my friend. great my friend. again. My friend, I would love I would the moment the moment the monetary brand I mean he just roasting. Um, the moment that you give me a specific example an actual example. Okay, I'll give you oh, one. Wait, just wait. Rachel wait, 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 wait. Just, just, just specific examples. About Rachel Maddow. Let me tell you what the specific I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear a specific example, approval specific example, of an MSNBC correspondent or anchor being on television saying something they knew was false and were saying behind the scenes. I cannot people, believe. Is, I, I, I cannot and, believe that John Heilman is this naive. There is no way that he could be this delusional. There's no way. 
There's no way that he could believe be this delusional where he doesn't think that people go on MSNBC and say things every single day that they know is not true. And to even challenge someone to give you a example. I mean, I could I could fire off I could fire off a slew of examples at you right now. Right now of MSNBC hosts going on MSNBC and their guests that they bring on lying and saying things that are not true and they know that it's not true. I mean, for him to even challenge someone to give one specific example, I, I'm just blown away by this. We know that we know that the election wasn't stolen or something equivalent. Example, but I will go. But I will go saying. out. But I will go out on television and say the okay. opposite. I will lie. When's I'll, my answer? Wait, wait, give, just give me a give me the <laughs> specific example. I mean, they they lied and told their viewers that the 2016 election was stolen. They, they said that the Russians, that the only reason Hillary Clinton didn't win in 2016 is because of the Russians. That's a lie. And they know that that's a lie. Okay. Give me a specific I, I, example. I, I, All right. I'm with you. I think it's a false equivalency, Russell. It's a there it is. There's, there's Bill Maher bringing out, oh, it's a false equivalence again. Um, and if you watch this whole program, uh, Bill Maher uh, starts to, to try to defend John Heilman uh, because, I mean, he had already gone in on Ari um, in his program before, two weeks earlier, and then now he's going in on on John Heilman, and then he's also got Russell Brand on the show, so it looks like they're double teaming uh, John Heilman, and um, so Bill Maher steps in and he tries to, you know, uh, call off the dogs because Russell Brand was letting uh, John Heilman have it. Um, so he uses this false equivalency again, but it's a ridiculous statement to make because there is no false equivalence. MSNBC is Fox on the left and Fox is MSNBC on the right. And the boomers sit at home watching this stuff all day and they're just getting manipulated by both silos, quite frankly, by both silos. Um, let's listen to a little bit more here. That's your own biases. It's, it's, it's not I, about bias. It's a false equivalency because you don't <clears> actually know anything about any of these organizations you're talking about. Even on MSNBC once. Big fucking deal. My darling, you, it was more than enough. You can't come out with have a single, You have a single actual no. fact. Do you want an example? Do yeah, you want yes. an example? Yes. The ludicrous, outrageous criticisms of Joe Rogan around ivermectin, re deliberately referring to it as a horse non, medicine when they know it's an effective medicine. You even hear Bill Maher say there, yeah, that's not a bad example. And, and what is John Heilman talking about? Non-responsive, non-responsive. You guys did that, John Heilman. <laughs> That's what you guys did on your program, on, on CNN. You guys all said um, that people who were taking ivermectin to, to have early treatment for COVID, people who were trying to, um, to, um, to handle this, this virus, who were afraid, um, who were taking anything they could um, to, to help them, and and ivermectin is something that a lot of doctors were using all over the world. And you went on MSNBC and CNN and all these networks and you told people not to use this treatment because you didn't want people using any treatments at all because you wanted people to take the vaccine because you take money from Pfizer, John Heilman. You take money from Pfizer and you wanted to push the vaccine and you didn't want people to use any treatments. So you told them that this treatment that was being used all over the world is a very effective human medication and has been for a long time. You guys knew it. And you said that it was animal medication and that it was horse medication and that people shouldn't take it. You guys did that. I don't know what you mean by non-responsive. And that's just one example. But, um, you know, and so that's why, and, and I had so much more that I wanted to share with you guys, but um, 
getting into just briefly here, the video that Tucker Carlson released yesterday, and I'll probably get more into this in our next episode because everything that I did in this episode was leading up to something and I ran out of time. But um, the January 6th video that Tucker Carlson showed yesterday was absolutely explosive. The whole narrative about January 6th could only be told on the television. That's why they hired a television producer to tell the story. You wouldn't be able to tell uh, the story that the Democrats told uh, for two years now. You wouldn't have been able to tell that story on the radio. You have to see the pictures that they showed you um, of the violence only on the western part of the Capitol. They didn't show you any of the video of the uh, Capitol Police opening doors for people or any of the video of like Tucker showed yesterday of the Q shaman uh, being escorted, having police escort throughout the entire building. And there's a lie being told that Kevin McCarthy only gave Tucker Carlson access to this video. See, this is what you need to understand is that as Speaker of the House, Tucker Carl—I mean, as Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy has a lot of authority over Capitol Police and even that Capitol Police footage. That's why he had the ability, because he's Speaker of the House, to give the media, not only Tucker Carlson, gave the media access to this video. All of them had access to it if they wanted it. But the left silos, um, MSNBC, CNN, they didn't want access to this video until Tucker Carlson started uh, getting it and started dissecting it. And they were like, hey, what about us? You never even you never even asked Nancy Pelosi. And Nancy Pelosi had that same power as Speaker of the House. It also shows you the power that Nancy Pelosi had over the Capitol Police, this power that Kevin McCarthy has now to release this video to um, Tucker Carlson. That's the power of the Speaker of the House. The Speaker of the House basically controls Capitol Police. So Nancy Pelosi, as Speaker of the House, she's the one who was controlling Capitol Police on January 6th. None of them, none of these, uh, the left-wing media outlets wanted access. They never uh, filed one FOIA request for any of this video that Tucker Carlson showed yesterday. So they only showed the video of the January 6th out of 40,000 hours of video. January 6th, they cherry, the committee cherry-picked the video that they wanted to show and told their narrative. It could only be told on TV. That's why they hired the TV uh, producer to uh, chop up the clips and, and, and sell the story that they wanted to sell. And then Tucker went in yesterday and he got other clips or he went in week a week ago, weeks now he's been in there. Uh, his producers looking at this stuff and they only aired it yesterday. And supposedly he's going to be airing some more between now and my next podcast. But this story could only be told on television. Fox telling one story, the Tucker Carlson show, not Fox at all. That's the other thing that I told you I was explaining, going to explain how Fox uh, didn't even pick up this story. Tucker Carlson is the only one telling this story, the video that he showed, and no one else is on Fox is even playing the video that Tucker. You have uh, the leader in the Senate, um, um, Chuck Schumer, telling... Um, Rupert Murdoch to pull Tucker Carlson off the air and censor Tucker Carlson. This is, I mean, this is crazy. The lead Democrat in the Senate is telling the owner of Fox News to censor Tucker Carlson on this issue. Because on Fox News, on his show, not on Fox News, on only on Tucker's show, he's telling a different story and using this video that they all had access to. These are the effects of these two silos. And I'm going to talk more about it in my next podcast. Um, I just really didn't have enough time to go into this the way that I wanted to, but I'm going to pick up 
uh, talking about these two media silos, uh, the Fox silo, the MSNBC silo, the right paradigm and the left paradigm, and um, what it's doing to our country in our next podcast. Uh, Please be back with episode 155 next week. Thank you guys so much for listening.